0: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. We're glad that you're here. We like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. Whether you're uh, here in the room or whether you're joining us online, we're glad that you've decided to worship with us today. And uh, yeah, today's theme is joy, as you will see from the songs and the scriptures and the readings and all the rest. Um, so uh, let, let's bow our heads and pray before we begin. God, we are grateful for the opportunity um, to kind of step out of all the busyness of the season and just kind of settle in for an hour and uh, let our hearts settle down, let our brains perhaps calm down um, to just focus our attention for an hour on you and your love for us and the, the amazing truth that you came to us where we are. You know, we just proclaimed that the Lord is, is with us. Uh, that's what we celebrate this uh, Advent season leading up to Christmas, you coming to where we are. So today, God, we, um, we pray that whatever we've got going on in our hearts and minds today, whatever anxieties, whatever griefs, whatever fears, whatever joys, that, that all that we have in us today, God, that, God we, we pray that uh, we can just kind of offer all of that to you that we can receive from you the grace, the help, the healing, the strength, the wisdom, all that we need so that we can be prepared for this coming week and all the craziness it will bring. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, if you're able and interested, let's stand and let's sing as we begin.
1: The God of glory, Lord of love, hearts unfold like flowers before the opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness, drive the dark. Father Christ our brother. In the midst of strife Joyful music leads us onward In the triumph song I am not afraid, the joy of the Lord is my strength, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is my strength, the joy of the Lord will be my strength. He will uphold me all of my days. I am surrounded by mercy and grace. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord will be my strength I will not waver walking by faith he who will be strong to deliver me safe the joy of the lord is my strength the joy of the lord the joy of the lord the joy of the lord is my strength the joy of the lord the joy of to read from uh, the book of Psalms. uh, Chapter 5, verse 11. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. King Let every heart Prepare in room And heaven and nature sing And heaven and nature sing And heaven and Heaven and nature sing Joy to the world The Savior reigns Let men their songs Employ While fields and floods And plain, repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders and wonders of
2: amen hear this word from Isaiah chapter 9 the people who walk in darkness will see a great light for those who live in a land of deep darkness a light will shine you will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice they will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder for you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Amen and amen. Pray with me, would you? Father, we thank you for this Sunday of Advent, for this joy Sunday. Lord, it truly is a joyful thing when we think about your coming. And, and, Lord, we've not seen this promise come true yet from Isaiah necessarily, but, Lord, we know that with great joy we can hold on to it, that at some point the government will rest on your shoulders and you will reign with peace forevermore. How can we not be joyful, Lord, knowing that that is promised to us someday? Father, I thank you and I, I praise you for the people that are here this morning, for each one those who are here rejoicing, knowing what's ahead of us at Christmas time, anticipating great and wonderful things, time with family and time with friends and, and celebrating your birth, Lord. But we also know, Lord, that there are people who have come this morning that maybe aren't looking forward to the holiday because they're missing people, people who can't come home, people who will never come home again. Lord, I pray that your anointing would fall on them especially this morning. That your peace and your comfort, Lord, and your joy would be on them in a a special, special way. And Lord, some of us just have burdens that we're carrying. Just because life is life and things just happen. And Lord, we just pray that you would lift those burdens from each person today, whatever they may be. And we pray, Lord, that you will be in this service. Be with each one of us as we hear from you through our pastor, Pastor Rich. May the words of his mouth be the message that you have for each of us today. Give us ears to hear and hearts to, to listen, to, to, to take in and, and really digest and, and make part of us what it is you have to say to us this morning, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. We give you all the glory because you alone, Father, are worthy. And we pray these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen amen. Will the peace of the Lord be with you? Take a few moments, if you will, and pass the peace amongst yourselves as you're comfortable.
0: All right. Well, it is good to be, uh, good to be here with you today. Good to have you here with us. And, um, We've just got uh, a couple of brief announcements, and then we're going to have somebody light a candle, and we'll continue with the service, but uh, just by way of announcements, we would love to connect with you, know how we can pray with you, um, join you in thanking God for something, whatever it might be. Uh, You can do that online at the links that are on the screen, uh, or you can, if you're here in the room, there's some little green cards on the little table back there uh, that you can jot your question or prayer request or you know, whatever you're giving thanks for, and uh, just drop it in the little offering box back there. And if you're giving today, you can drop that in the box there as well, uh, or you can give online. That works too. Uh, thank you to all of you who give so faithfully day in and day out to, to take care of the ministry that happens here uh, and around the world. And then some of you too are giving... Um, a little extra over the top for things like uh, Habitat for Humanity. We're continuing to invite you to give uh, through the end of the year for the Habitat House uh, that we're working on building. Uh, there's just, uh, just over 4,000 been donated so far. Anything you give uh, between now and the end of the year will get matched by somebody in the church And then everything that's given to this project gets matched again by Thrivent Financial, so your gift would get multiplied four times. So if you want to give to help build this house right here in Valpo for a family that needs it, uh, then you can just write Habitat on their envelope when you drop it in, uh, or you can give online, just hit the little drop-down and click on Habitat there, and uh, that way it'll go go to that fund. We can give it to that house. Uh, Also, out in the lobby, there's a little... There's a couple of Christmas trees, and then there's a little one on a stand with little paper ornaments on it that look like houses. Uh, that's to remind us to give to help warm the homes of some of our neighbors this year. Uh, we give those gifts to First Contact, a Christian resource and referral ministry here in town. That uh, that way people don't have to call 20 churches. They can go to one place, and several churches can kind of pool resources there. So if you want to make a gift to that, you can... Do that with the envelope and mail it to them, or you can give online to the Good Neighbor Fund, and uh, or just write Good Neighbor Fund, or warm a home, or whatever on your envelope, and and we'll make sure it gets to the right place. And then I wanted to let you know that, uh, if you didn't catch it already, that Christmas Eve we will have a service right here at 5 p.m., it's a Saturday, and uh, if you like to make cookies, we every year we have people that make cookies and donate them, we put them in little take-home containers that after the service, We don't eat them, we take them to people who need a little Christmas cheer, who need to be reminded that God loves them. Maybe they're having to work the holiday, or uh, you know that they're just alone, have no one to celebrate with. Um, So if you like to make those cookies, you can bring them uh, the couple of days right before that. And uh, we'll have some time, so you can drop them off, uh, or you can contact us and we'll make sure that we're here. And uh, So we can have them all boxed up for the Christmas Eve service. And then Christmas Day is a Sunday this year, so we're just going to do one service, combined service, at 10.30. So all of you who love being here at 9, I assume you're going to be opening presents or something at this time on Christmas Day. And so then you can come at 10.30. And uh, that's what we've done the last couple of times. Christmas has fallen on a Sunday, and uh, you all seem to like that. So we're like, all right, we'll do that again. So that's happening Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. wanted to make sure you knew. And um, I think that's it For announcements, uh, for you know, we've been lighting a candle each week during the season of Advent, reminding us of uh of the hope and the peace that God brings. And today is the pink candle, which is pink because it's joy. It's the, it's the halfway point. I think uh, the early Christians said, whew, finally we made it halfway. Uh, let's, let's celebrate. Uh, we're halfway through Advent, almost to Christmas. So um, I've asked Sam Fisher if she would come and lead us in today's responsive reading and light that Advent candle. Uh, if you don't know Sam, she's a real estate agent and serves on the board of uh, Habitat, Porter County Habitat for Humanity, and uh, along with several other really cool things. So come on come on down thanks
3: the come on down reminded me of price is right so this is like a religious showcase showdown i'm very excited about that okay so i think we have a call and response um so when i kind of like you know i guess wave to you we can all speak together um, we are reminded of the angels bringing good news of great joy to the shepherds a season yet many are in season of suffering wondering how to have joy our joy comes from the lord We patiently wait for Christ to return and make all things right, yet even in the waiting we have work to do. Like a farmer who plants the seeds and works in the fields, we plant and work in hope that our joy will be made complete. Our joy comes from hope. We are called to stand firm, even in the face of challenges. We are called to care for our sisters and brothers. The community of faith reminds us that we are not alone. Our joy comes from community. We are called once again to live in the already, not yet kingdom of God and to trust that Christ will return to make all things right. We will wait. We partner with the Holy Spirit in kingdom work now. Our joy comes from our hope in the Lord, from seeing his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, even now. We light the candle of joy today, not to ignore suffering, but to acknowledge that we are not forgotten, even as we lament, grieve, or mourn. The good news is that Christ came, Christ is with us, and Christ will come again. We have joy in knowing that. In a world that still awaits the return of Christ to make all things right, we still have joy because we know that Christ has come and Christ will come again. God of joy, in the midst of whatever we are going through, give us the reminder that you are with us. Help us find joy in the glimpses of your kingdom at work. In our world even now, and the perseverance to hope for your return, when our joy will be made complete. Amen. All right, and now I'll light the candle of joy.
0: Okay. Uh, you could hear in our, our reading some of the, the, the theme, obviously, of joy, but uh, this idea that the joy is not uh, it's not always right there in front of us. Right? That sometimes the joy is something, it's based on something that's coming still in front of us, uh, something we're waiting for, something we're anticipating, just like so many of you are anticipating a really good Christmas morning. Uh, you've told Santa what you want, and it hasn't, you know, you're waiting for it to show up uh, on Christmas morning. Uh, this uh, season of Advent is all about expectation and waiting and anticipating. Um, we're, we're kind of getting ready to celebrate the, the arrival of Jesus his first arrival, his first advent, and celebrating that on Christmas Day. But we also look forward to his return, to his coming again, to when all things are finally made right and our joy is made complete. Now, there are scriptures that, uh, that Christians around the world are looking at today, and we've got them there in your, uh, in your little handout bulletin thing. If you didn't get one of those, I see some more back there on the little table. Uh, feel free to grab one of those at some point. Uh, I think we'll have all of these on the screen as well. Uh, so some, some of these scriptures, it's very easy to see the joy in them, like Psalm 146. It says, Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations, praise the Lord. It's a, it's a song, or at least part of a song, that talks all about what God is doing, right? What God is doing in the world presently. These are things that, that they're saying God does, that God is doing. You know, helping those who are beat down, helping to lift them up, helping those uh, who have been in prison to be set free, uh, those who have been blinded to, to have sight, those who are hungry to have food. He's, he's lifting people up, and he's doing it now, right? And so, of course, when that's happening to you, it's like, reason to celebrate, right? Uh, if you've ever been helped out of a difficult situation, you know it's like, oh, whew, there's a relief there. There's a, there's a gratitude there. There's a joy there. And this psalm is reminding God's people that, yes, the Lord reigned. The Lord is active. He's involved in our world, and he's doing good. He's helping people. And so when you're when you're helped, of course, there's joy there. Now, one of the other scriptures comes again from Isaiah. Um, Pastor Judy read one of one of those scriptures from Isaiah, and we've got another one given to us today from Isaiah chapter 35, which looks forward to what God will do. It says the desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. When you see rejoice, of course, that's just like expressing joy, right? To rejoice is to say, woohoo! You're like, yeah, I'm feeling the joy, and I'm letting it out. And he's saying, the wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. And so then he has something to say to people presently because of what God will do. He says, strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance. With divine retribution, he will come to save you. There's a little part of that that you're like, whoa, wait a second, vengeance and retribution? I didn't think that was the God that Jesus talked about. And you gotta remember, he's talking to people who have been crushed, who have been you know, oppressed. And he's saying, look, you don't need to take revenge. You leave that to God. God will take care of your enemies and you can trust him to do that. God will come. He will come to save you and the you know the way they could conceive well how's god going to save me well he's going to have to destroy my enemies to have to destroy the oppressors to have to get their you know boot off of my neck if i'm going to be able to to get up and to live and he's saying because we trust that god will come then today we can encourage those around us who are feeling weak who are feeling fearful we can encourage them and say hey, be strong you know this is not the end <laughs> um God is on his way. I think one of the things that we just read uh, in the responsive readings, that our joy comes from community, right? That we're called to care for our sisters and brothers and remind them that they're not alone. So this is a, a picture of that here in this prophecy from Isaiah. And then he continues, Then, when God does come to save us, then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool. The thirsty ground bubbling springs in the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. He's talking to people who are seeing desert, who are seeing drought, and saying, look, God is bringing blessing, okay? There's, there are better days ahead. It will get better. And this isn't just based on some empty optimism, right? This is based on a, a faithful God who has shown his faithfulness time and time again throughout their history, and has promised to be faithful in the future. So we're saying, okay, God, you've been good to us in the past. We know you're going to be good to us in the future. So I'll be strong. I won't give up. I'll keep my, I'll keep facing forward. I'll keep putting one foot in front of the other one day at a time. I'll make it through. I'll trust that, yes, what I see around me is not what will be here forever. That one day there will be streams in the desert. One day there will be times of refreshing. Uh, It reminds me of the Sorry, this is a little side note. It reminds me of the 23rd Psalm and how often I end up reading that when I'm at a funeral, uh, when I'm conducting a funeral for someone. And, um, you know, that 23rd Psalm that talks about how God is our shepherd, you know, who leads us through green pastures beside still waters, who restores our soul, refreshes our soul. And even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil if you're with me. And I often think of that Psalm, it says similar things to this one, uh, in the idea that, like, right now I might be in this dark valley. Right now I might be in a, in a time of desert and wilderness. But you know what, God is leading me through this. He's going to return me at some point to those green pastures. He's, hey, one day there will be streams in this desert. And the, the deaf will hear, the lame will, will run, the, the mute will shout for joy. He continues, and a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there. So, In other words, all these things that give us trouble, the the people that give us trouble, the the parts of the world, lions and whatnot, lions and tigers, bears, oh my, those won't be there, right? Only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They're having to return because they've been exiled. They've been sent away from their homeland, away from the temple where they worship God. Away from God's presence is what they think. And now they will return. The way will be made clear for them to come back home. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. I love that picture. I mean, and I love that, that, that hope, right? I love anticipating that one day this will happen. One day uh, the idea that gladness and joy will overtake them. I, just love, I love that image. It's like you just can't help it, right? It's when somebody just can't help but smile, just can't help but laugh, just can't help but, but uh, let out a little whoop of celebration, you know. It's just, it's so good, you can't help it. It's like when, you're, when your team wins, right? When, like the, the Valpo High School team wins the, the state championship, and you just, kinda, you just can't kinda help but celebrate with them, right? Um, he said, gladness and joy will, will overtake them. Sorrow and sighing will flee away. Are we there yet? Are we, are we at that? that? That might be our destination, but are we there yet? No. <laughs> no, we are not. Um, uh, that, that phrase, that question popped in my head, and of course when I hear, are we there yet, all I can think of is like road trips, right, with children um, who like to ask, are we there yet, over and over again. You pull out of the driveway and you make the first turn. Are we there yet, right? Because uh, they don't want to sit in the car. Um, I didn't want to sit in the car when I was a kid, right? I wanted to be there wanted to arrive, but the reality is that we're not there yet. We're in this, uh, I think that they say like this already not yet uh, kingdom. We're in this, this place where Christ has already accomplished. You know, Christ has already um, <clears throat> redeemed the world by his death and resurrection. He has already broken in to, to shine his light into our darkness, but that work hasn't been completed yet, right? We still see darkness around us we still find ourselves in places where well there's still sorrow the sorrow and sighing haven't all fled away yet and maybe that's why uh, if you're if you've been following along in the little devotional book i don't have one to hold up for you there's still a half dozen of them out there on the table if you don't have one grab one we're only halfway through advent it's got a little daily devotional each way you can each day you can follow through the rest of the the rest of the time the next two weeks and um, um the scripture that's focused on today is this one from James chapter 5. I think probably in most churches today that read these scriptures together, the, you know, and my tendency, if, if I were just handed these and said, okay, pick one, I would probably pick that Isaiah passage, you know, let's talk about the joy that's coming. It uses joy and rejoice several times, and this is the Sunday for joy. Great. But instead, we, we're given this little snippet from the letter from James in our New Testament, writing to early Christians that doesn't mention joy once. <laughs> And instead, it says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. So It points back to the prophets like Isaiah that we just read or several of the other prophets who they were trying to encourage people who were in the midst of suffering and saying, Hold on. Be strong. You know, God, is, God is on his way. And That's what James is saying. Look, we've got we to gotta be patient. We've got to hang on. We've got to stand firm. The Lord's coming is near. And in the meantime, you know, Shouldn't have too much of the, are we there yet? He's touching me. You know, no no grumbling and complaining against each other, right? He knows that's what we're prone to do when we get frustrated, when, we, when we're forced to be patient. How many of you love being patient? Eh, quick show of hands. How many of you just love waiting? It's your favorite thing to do. You purposefully choose the road with train crossings, you know, just, just this morning had some of you that were like stuck at two different trains, uh, one of which wasn't moving and then the other one, you know, going slow, you know. Um, I, I live on that side of these tracks that, those might be the ones we're hearing right now, I'm not sure, but you know, the tracks that are right down here on Calumet, and it's frequent that I'm headed home at the end of a day, and I'm you know kind of last minute, you know, I'm supposed to be home you know, in 30 seconds, unfortunately I'm not too far, but oh man, there's a train. And it's inevitably going slow, and it's long, and it takes a long time. You know. I don't think any of us just love to be patient. Um, maybe some of you do. Maybe, maybe you enjoy the anticipation, you know, this, this, this Advent, Christmas season, you know, where, where maybe there's someone who's done some shopping for you. I don't know how you do it at your house. Uh, maybe you've already got, you know, presents under the tree, and maybe in your house, everyone is just fine with that, and they don't walk up to those presents and shake them and beg to know what's inside or Whatever. Right? I don't. I don't know. Uh, Stacy. Uh, Stacy. She's not in here, is she? Okay, good. Uh, <clears throat> my wife, Stacy. When she was a kid, her parents had to hide the presents somewhere in the house because they knew if they were out, if she knew where they were, she would open a corner. She would, un, you know, very carefully untape part of it. And oh, wait, she's back. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I was just talking about being patient and how much you love the anticipation of not knowing what your presents are going to be. And how as a kid you used to find the presents and unwrap them and then rewrap them so your parents wouldn't know. Uh, because we don't love being patient. You know, Most of us do not love uh, to be patient. We don't love having to wait. You know. But that's what we are kind of instructed to do, encouraged to do by this, this passage from this letter from, from James. It says we've got some waiting to do. And as we face the frustrations of that, we can't be grumbling against each other. We can't be complaining about it. We've got to be patient. Like, and he uses an example of a farmer. Now, my dad grew up on a farm. I did not. I'm at least one generation away from the whole farm experience. Uh, we would go back to the farm at Christmas when we were kids, and my grandparents were still living, and, and we would celebrate Christmas out there on the farm. And so I'd hear all kinds of farm stories. And you guys know whenever my dad is up here to preach, we get to hear some farm stories generally um, <clears throat> because they're good stories. But he uses the example of, of farmers who have to wait. You know, there's, there's only so much the farmer can do and then they're kind of having to wait on the weather and the rains that are going to come. And in, in that part of the world, there were rains in the autumn and rains in the spring, and they just had to wait. You know, So it's, it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to do my part, and then God, you got to do your part. And if we both do our part, then great. You know, Good things will result. So this, this patience isn't like I just sit back and like, well, I guess i got nothing to do. I'm just waiting for God to show up, waiting for Christ to return. In the meantime, I'll just twiddle my thumbs or do what I want or, you know. Whatever. No, there's still work for us to do in the meantime. There's there's people who need to be strengthened and encouraged to you know, there's ways that we can come alongside each other. We certainly don't want to start grumbling and complaining. We certainly don't want to to give up. You know, just like the farmer doesn't just sit back and wait. No, the farmer prepares the soil. The, the farmer, you know, gets the weeds out, the farmer and the rocks and all of that. The farmer plants seeds, the farmer, you know, takes care of you know, the, the weeds and the, all the stuff you got to put on, you know, stuff to make sure it grows and it's healthy and all of that good stuff. Like, there's, there's work for the farmer to do, but then there's, there's a limit to that, right? And, and we, in this season of waiting, which is kind of what our whole lives are to some extent, right? Until Christ returns, until we get there, until um, we get to that, that day when gladness and joy overtake us and sorrow and, and sighing flee away, until we get there... You know, there's only so much we can do, but there is stuff we need to do, right? It's kind of that, that interplay. You could fall off either side of that, right? You could, you could fall off on the side of, like, thinking it all is up to you and you control everything, and, and which is going to lead to your frustration and disappointment, right, when you try to run the whole show, when you try to be your own God. Maybe you bumped into that. Or you can fall off in the other direction of just thinking, oh, it's just all up to God and I don't have to do anything. And that doesn't get you where you want to be either. This patience that we need to exhibit is, is kind of an active patience. It's, a, it's an active waiting. Um, <clears throat> perhaps the last prophet that we have in the, in the story of Scripture uh, is a man named John, who showed up on the scene right before Jesus does. Um, John We call him John the Baptist because he went around baptizing people. And in Matthew chapter 11, this is one of the other scriptures we're given today, Matthew 11 it says, when John, who was in prison heard about the deeds of the Messiah, Jesus, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? It's a surprising thing to hear John ask or to send his disciples to ask because John was the one, he was the first one to proclaim, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John was the one who very early on recognized who Jesus was and, and pointed others to him and even sent his disciples to him. This is John who said, look, he's got to become greater. I've got to become less. Yes, I'm going to have fewer and fewer disciples. He's going to have more and more because he's the one that we've been waiting for. And now from prison, and he's hearing about all that Jesus is doing, sends his disciples to ask, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? He's in this season of waiting. It's like, well, Jesus, I hear you. You're doing good things for people out there, but I'm in prison. (laughs) Uh, maybe there's a little bit of, uh, what about me? You're know, you the one who is to come. You're you're supposed to be setting prisoners free, and here I'm I'm still in prison. Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. It's, you know, these kinds of things that we were just reading about, that the prophets were saying, one day this will happen. Jesus is saying, this is happening now. You know, tell them what you see. Tell them what you hear. And it says, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. And I wondered about that, that whole doesn't stumble on account of me. And maybe, maybe he's pointing to like, you know, John, I hope you don't stumble because I'm doing this good for other people, but I haven't done it for you yet. I hope you don't stumble because there are good things going on in the world, but you're still in in a prison. But it hasn't come to you yet. You're still having to be patient. Blessed is anyone who doesn't stumble on account of how this whole project is being rolled out and the patience it requires of us. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? Because that's where John operated, out in the wilderness. Now, he didn't come into town and talk to people there. He was out in the wilderness, and people came out to see and to hear him. He said, what did you go out to the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? You know, just a, a pushover who just said whatever people wanted to hear? You know, that kind of a thing. You know, like some politicians sometimes do, right? You know, it's a, like, let's, let's, uh, let's, uh, oh, what's the, what's the word for that? Um. Where they, where they do their little tests, and they, they try to find out what people want, and, and they do their surveys, and then they just kind of say whatever the survey says people want to hear. You know. He said, a, a reed swayed by the wind? That, that wasn't John, by the way. There, there's a reason he's in prison, because he kind of spoke truth to power to the king a bit, and the king didn't like that, and the king says okay, you can go to jail. You, know, you, you can sit in prison if you're going to say those same things about me. Did, did, you, did you go out to see a reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? Which, that wasn't John either. He more like camel skin and whatever. It was a weird outfit. Um, a man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who were fine clothes are in king's palaces. Which Jesus might be reminding them a little bit of like, and remember John said some nasty things about the king. Challenged the king where he needed to be challenged. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written... And he quotes another Old Testament prophet, Malachi. who said, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there's not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. He says, John is the best of the best in the here and now. I mean, he's the messenger going ahead of me. He's the one who's preparing the way for me as I, as I come to proclaim the good news. And as God is you know, unleashing his joy-bringing um, project of restoration here in the world. But, man, the kingdom of heaven, you know, the, the kingdom of God that we're all looking forward to, those who, are, those who have already gotten there, those who have already arrived in the kingdom of heaven, they, they're, they're even greater than John. They're experiencing something even, even better than John is, is experiencing now. Some of us, um, you know, we're, it, it's tough to have joy right now, right? I mean, some of you, it is it's a difficult time to think about joy, to, to, to think about rejoicing, you know. We sing these songs about joy, and you're back there thinking, like, oh, I'd like to feel some joy. <laughs> but what, I'm, what I'm going through right now is it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to experience that joy. Right, we've got a couple of folks from our church who are in, well, not in prison, they're in jail. Um, and, uh, you know, communicating with them, it's, it's a little hard for them to hang on to joy, you know, when you're sitting in jail. You know, one of them just went in this, this last week and I was with him as we called the police to come and pick him up. I got to break the news to him that there was a warrant for his arrest. And, um, and there wasn't a lot of joy <laughs> upon hearing that news, right? There's frustration, there's sadness. Some of us find ourselves in situations where it's hard for us to, to think about joy. But that's where I'm, I look back at some of the things that Jesus said to the crowd there. Um... Asking like, well, what were you looking for? What did you go out there to see? And thinking about where we put our focus, you know, and kind of the lens that we wear as we as we uh, as we look at life, um, because, well, the other guy that has been in jail for a couple months now, um, there are times communicating with him where he he's seeing good things happening in his life, right? And he's seeing he's frustrated that he's not out yet, you know, but. But in the meantime, he's seeing good coming from it. You know, seeing the way God is helping him. God's speaking to him. God's helping him to have a routine of, of uh, meditation, of prayer, of scripture reading. Yeah, some of you, during your times uh, in jail, have said the same thing. Like, man, I was, while I was in jail, I was really reading the Bible. You know, like I'd never read it before. I didn't have a whole lot else to do. You know, so I was just, you know, reading through the Bible. And that really grew closer to God during that time. When you're going through difficulty... You know, we can, we can keep our focus on the dark clouds and there's nothing wrong with acknowledging them. We should. We, the Christian life is not one of like, you know, pretending reality isn't real, right? Pretending that pain isn't real, pretending that grief isn't real, or pretending that bad things aren't, aren't real. We, we acknowledge those, but then where is our focus? What are we looking for? How are we looking at the world? Do we look at the world and say like, oh, this desert is all there will ever be? This time of darkness is is it and I don't see God at work so I guess he's not or do we look for the ways that God is at work do we do we do we look at the desert and anticipate like the prophet like yeah but one day you know I bet right there is where that river is going to flow you know that low spot right there is going to be filled with water one day Uh, do we look at the the dark times in our lives and and look for the ways that God might use those to to strengthen us to grow us I mean James talks about that earlier in his letter in chapter one where he where he even tells him consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, endurance, and, and you got to let that finish its work so you can be mature and complete, not liking anything. Sorry, I don't have that in the notes. That's just, that's just a scripture I've had to turn to lots of times, and so it's in my head, right? This is a theme for James, that those times of difficulty, when we find ourselves stuck, like perhaps like John, do we, do we focus on the good that God is doing in the world and and look for ways that we can be a part of that. Or do we keep our focus on the ways that that hasn't, like that our prayers haven't been answered yet. The frustrations that we're still feeling. Yes, again, we're honest with God about those. We express those to God. There's numerous examples in the Psalms and throughout Scripture and Christian history of, of the rightness. The goodness of expressing your frustration or your, your anger or whatever it might be to God. But as we do that, as we turn to God with those things we find that God is, you know, kind of sending something back, you know, it's like the, like pulling up at the bank thing. They still have some of those, right? Banks where you had, like the little tubes and the, the thing, and you know, you, you send your thing out and something comes back to you, right? You send those prayers to God. I was like, yeah, he has, he has something he sends back when we do that. When we, when we open that communication, uh, it's not just us shouting into the sky. You know, we, we express those things to God and God, God sends something back our way. God, God gives us peace. He gives us eyes to see the ways he, he is at work, the ways he is present in our lives. And maybe we need to shift our focus. Maybe that will help us to be patient as we await the, the arrival of, uh, of our Lord, the arrival of the Messiah, the arrival of the one who will make all things right, when gladness and joy will overtake us. Uh, the last of the scriptures that we were given today is uh, from Luke chapter 1. It's, uh, um, it's actually given as like, you could use either Psalm 146 or this, this song from, this is the song of Mary. It is after Mary has, has heard the good news that she is uh, going to give birth to the Messiah. Actually, the song comes as she is uh, apparently already pregnant and she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who is pregnant with John the Baptist. And uh, as they meet, Mary bursts out in song. It says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. She's talking about what God has already done in recognizing her and acknowledging her and seeing her in her humble state and doing this amazing, allowing her to participate in God's work in this unbelievable way, you know, to... to be the mother of the Savior, to carry him in her womb, to to give birth to him, to raise him. Like this is an amazing thing that she gets to be a part of. But then she doesn't just think of herself. She says, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. She's, she's able to see God at work in her own life, in their shared history together, which gives her joy. That's why her spirit rejoices you know, in God, her Savior, she says. This, this song is an expression of joy that God is at work. And that's where we are in this Advent season. As we are making our way toward Christmas, in the midst of a world that sometimes seems chaotic, sometimes seems dark, uh, sometimes seems filled with all kinds of unspeakable evil, and we wonder, you know, where are you in the midst of this? God, we're reminded: no, God, God is present. God is at work. And when we can see that, you know, we can begin to have a little, little like foretaste of the of the joy that's coming. You know, we can we can live with joy even now. We can rejoice at those. Kind of those small, small wins, those small victories, those those ways that God's love is, is and God's grace is breaking into our here and now. We can rejoice. We can be glad. Because God is present, God is at work, and He has promised one day that gladness and joy will overtake us. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, let's bow our heads and pray before we celebrate communion together. God, we are so grateful for your presence here among us, um, especially for those of us who are in the midst of circumstances where we are, we are having to be very patient and we're not loving it. God, I pray for, for all of my brothers and sisters who maybe they're gathered here in the room, maybe they're watching online, maybe they're going to catch up with this later uh, at some point, but they are right now in a circumstance where it, it is hard to see you and your presence in their lives. It's hard to see the ways you are at work. God, I pray that you'll give us eyes to see, that you'll give us ears to hear, that you'll help us to be uh, tuned in to what you are doing. And for those of us, God, who maybe are sitting alongside uh, those folks, God, would you help us to to be the, the community that they need, the family that they need, to be the encouragement that they need. Maybe we can help point out the ways that God is at work in their lives, the good that you are already uh, at work doing, God, and the good that you will bring. Thank you, God, that none of us have to walk this, this path, this life alone. You are with us, and you make your presence known to us through, uh, through your children, through our brothers and sisters. God, I don't know any of us that would be able to make it through this if we had to just do it uh, just, just on our own, just us. God, we depend on on you and on the grace that you give us through our brothers and sisters. So would you help us, God, uh, to live in such a way that that we can be open with each other, that we can be honest about our needs, uh, about the places where joy is difficult. And God, can you help us to be honest about the joy that we experience, to to truly celebrate the good that you're doing in our lives so, so that perhaps it can be an encouragement to those around us and they can share in our joy when joy seems kind of in short supply in their own lives right now. Thank you, God. Thank you that into our darkness you have shined your light. You have given us hope. You've given us peace. You've given us joy. We thank you that we have this sacrament of Holy Communion that we get to celebrate today. Joining together with Christians around the world and throughout time, we offer to you these gifts of bread and juice, remembering that on that night that you gathered with your disciples, you you took bread and broke it and gave it to them and said, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. You took the cup, you gave it to your disciples and said, drink this, this is my blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. This seals the new agreement, the new covenant between God and humanity. God, thank you. Thank you for the gift of your son. Lord Jesus, thank you that you held nothing back, but out of love for us, you came to our broken world, right into the middle of it. You took the weight of our sin. You took our death so that you might give us your life so that by your death and resurrection you might conquer sin and death and the devil and set us free. Thank you, God. Thank you for this amazing love, this amazing grace that you give to us today. We offer you ourselves, the mixed bag that each of us is, full of good and bad and ugly God we confess to you the ways that we've not loved you with our whole hearts and not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We confess to you the ways that we have uh, allowed the darkness sometimes to define our lives. We've allowed our focus to be only on the negative. God, we admit that we've, we've not been the people you created us to be, and we are so grateful that you do not condemn us or reject us for our failures, but instead, as we come to you, as we acknowledge our need of your mercy and grace, you are gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. You are the God who is at work in the story of Israel, uh, culminating in the story of Jesus, extending to us today, and as you pour out your Holy Spirit, filling us with the Spirit of Christ, So that we might live in this world as your sons and daughters, as peacemakers, as hope bringers, as people who experience your joy and share it with those around us. God, we pray that by your spirit's presence here, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. And we pray that by your spirit's work in our own lives, that we might be transformed We might live as the body of Christ, broken, poured out for the world. You are good to us, God. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you pray with me the prayer Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses Amen. Uh, the musicians are going to come and lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion together. I'll be down front with this basket of bread and a cup of juice. And uh, as we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice and eat it, and then return to your seats. We've got the regular little pieces of bread or some gluten-free wafers, or we've got the little uh, individually packaged deals that you can take back to your seat if you'd like to do that. Uh, or I think we've got those on most of the tables. If, if you don't want to get so close to people, uh, that, or join the procession, uh, then you can, you can do that at your table as we sing. Uh, this is open to all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today. don't have to be a part of this church or any church. Uh, in fact, today might be the first time that you've said yes to Jesus. Uh, you are invited to celebrate his love and his grace uh, in this sacrament of Holy Communion. So let's celebrate.
1: This bread and take this wine now the simple made divine for any to receive a child we will face None too lost to be saved No too broken or ashamed All are welcome in this place is coming glory we respond to your invitation we respond to your
0: Thank you, God, once again, for the love you have shown us in your Son, Jesus Christ. Fill us with the Spirit of Christ, we pray, so that as we leave this place, we go as a a people filled with hope, as a people experiencing your peace, and even your joy. Help us, God, to carry this grace you've given to us, to all those you send us to this week. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.